Welcome to This is Lausanne, a podcast brought to you by the Lausanne School of Engineering. Each episode, we bring you a fresh conversation from the Lausanne community. Each episode, you'll hear stories from engineers and scientists, aka our students, profs, alumni, and industry partners, stories about designing solutions to complex problems to push our world forward. Tune in as these stories will engage, inspire, and delight you to create human impact through science and engineering. I'm Tiffany Alviar, a computer engineering student at Lassonde. Today, we welcome Stephanie Gora to our podcast. Dr. Gora is a civil engineering professor at Lassonde School. Passionate about both research and teaching, her area of expertise is drinking water treatment that's research for the real world. Dr. Gora is excited to be developing a course about drinking water treatment for Lausanne students, and she will also be sharing with us her recent experience teaching the first year intro to engineering course. And we welcome you to the podcast, Stephanie. How are you today? I'm all right. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Uh, Thank you for being here. So to get us started, um, tell us, how did you get your start in civil engineering? Like, why this field? Oh, a big question. I actually did my undergraduate degree in chemical engineering and I switched into that from biology. So actually I took a bit of a, a zigzaggy approach to getting to this uh, space. So um, yeah, I got into biology because I did a co-op in high school actually with a cancer researcher at McMaster University because I was living in Hamilton and that got me really excited about uh, research basically, scientific research. And at the time, because of what I was doing with biology, I was like, oh, I'll go and do biology at school. But then I was at, at Queens, I was Queens for my undergrad. And uh, when I was there, I kept meeting these people in engineering. And I was like, I kind of like what they're doing. It's, it's you know, speaking to me a bit more. It's the, the idea of applying the science. So taking that knowledge and instead of just multiplying the amount of knowledge, which I think is a totally noble pursuit, um, I really loved that they were taking it and then like building something with it, like creating something with it. So I switched to chemical engineering in my second year at Queens and I finished that up. Um, did a few different research positions while I was in my undergrad. And uh, when I finished up, I knew that I wanted to do a master's. So I applied to a bunch of different schools. And the professor that I hit it off with uh, most effectively was Professor Margaret Walsh at Dalhousie University and she's in the civil engineering department there she does drinking water treatment and um, I was actually her first student which was kind of fun and um, that's basically what got me set is I started doing drinking water uh, research then and since then I've done a master's PhD postdoc and worked for four years as a civil engineer so I'm I'm pretty deep into it now. That's amazing. Yeah, and and tell us like what aspect of the field interests you the most or like what are you most passionate about in terms of civil engineering? Hmm. So I would say it's, uh, again, kind of that um, ability to apply the knowledge. And what I like about civil engineering is that you're applying it to improve, you know, the city or, or the environment. You're doing it to improve human society and I guess just, yeah, the health of the overall environment. So that's very rewarding you know it's not I don't know I think it's great that way um my particular field of drinking water treatment what I love about that um is that it has that whole science side um and the technical but it also intersects really well with um health and with the environment 
So you get to learn about all those different things and you get to meet people from all sorts of different um, parts of, I guess, the industry or different industries, really. So um, my professional network and my friend group, which kind of grew out of grad school and my professional network, um, is extremely varied in terms of, you know, what people's schooling might be or kind of where what their job title might be. It might not all be very similar to my own, but in a lot of ways we do intersect because there's that health connection and that environment connection. So that's what I like about what I do. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing. Um, and so, so you mentioned that you worked for a civil and as a civil engineer um, for a bit after like university. Um, what's it like working in the industry and like, what was your job like? Like, what does a civil engineer do? <laughs> Right, so um, I was in the process engineering department, which kind of encompasses both civil and chemical engineering. So it was like applying chemical engineering knowledge for civil engineering projects. Um, so it was a perfect fit for me. Um, it was, you know, honestly, it was a bit of a shock at first um, where, you know, you go from, like on one hand, when you're in undergrad or especially once you're in grad school, your time is your own, right? You're very responsible for managing your time. If you decide that you study best from 2 a.m. till 4 a.m., go for it, no problem, right? But once you're working in industry, it's a little bit more constrained um, in terms of your time. But then on the other hand, intellectually, it's less constrained because you don't have to, you know, there's no tests, you know, and everything's back and forth. And there's a lot of mentoring and there's a lot of um, learning about things that maybe are not like in a textbook or in the course syllabus. So, um, you know, I learned, I wouldn't say a lot, but a lot more than I'd known before about things like, you know, legal requirements for construction and design and, you know, structural stuff. And, you know, a lot of environmental science that I didn't know before. And like, that was, that was really interesting. I ended up doing a bunch of projects related to government policy, which again, something I didn't know a whole lot about after my undergrad. So it's kind of like, you switch from having a lot of open time to having a lot of open thinking space, which I thought was an interesting switch. Um, it was also very different to no longer be with my peer group, you know? So when you're in school, you know, I found that when I was an undergrad, I could go, I mean, I probably did go years without seeing a small child, you know? Cause you're just in this group, you're in this, this little space where everyone's more or less the same age and whatever, mm. but then, working in industry, you meet people from all different age groups and a lot of times from like very different backgrounds. So you get this, you feel more embedded in society in a way, um, which is kind of cool. I was the only woman in my department and this was a while back. So I mean, that, that meant more at the time. <laughs> and it mm -hmm. was, uh, that was a bit challenging. I have to admit it was, it was, I was lucky because some of the men I worked with were extremely supportive of me. Um, and I'm still actually in, in touch with them. And I, I stopped working at that company nine years ago, but I still talk with these guys at least once a month. So like it was a positive overall thing, but it was challenging being like that, uh, the one the one of, the only of mm -hmm. in a group. So that was, that's another thing that I found different and pretty challenging uh, working in industry, but. What advice would you give for girls who, you know, find themselves like in that position where, you know, they might be in a lab or in a classroom or even doing like a co-op or internship and like they feel, you know, like they're like the one female, uh, you know, in their space. Yeah, that's, it's, that's a more complicated question that might seem at first because, you know, there's the temptation to say, oh, you're going to experience all the same 
good and bad stuff that I did. And so therefore do as I do did or do the opposite of what I did. But the world is changing quite quickly. And I think something that might be more universal and might apply to more people is that like, you deserve to be there. And just remember, like, that's the, that's the big thing that I think it took me a little while to, I guess, internalize, but like, I don't have to apologize for being female. I don't have to make excuses for it. There doesn't have to be like, I deserve, deserved and continue to deserve to be, be there as much as anyone else. And just to like, do your best to internalize that and just not, because there will be challenges, no matter what, you know, who you are, what space you go to, there's always going to be challenges. And so I think it's really important to just trust that you, again, deserve to be there. I like that answer. Um, and yeah, you're right. Like it doesn't just apply to like women in STEM. Um, it applies to everyone, you know, having that imposter syndrome and being like a, what is it? Like a small fish in a big pond. <laughs> um, yeah. It's a crazy sort of that like step from like, you know, university to like going out into the industry and um, finally doing like the work as an engineer. Um, so I guess sort of like moving on to like what you currently do, you're now a, prof a professor. Um, how did that journey come about? Like, did you always like want to be a professor? Like when did sort of like that light bulb change that like you wanted to start teaching or like doing um, things like post like undergrad, you want to go into like graduate studies and stuff? So yeah, I've wanted to be a scientist for very like I don't remember not wanting to be um I guess there was a point in high school where I was a bit torn between uh I was very very into literature and writing and I I applied for some uh like English and um journalism programs in undergrad as well as science so but I I'm glad I well I'm sure it would have been interesting too but I'm I'm glad that I chose what I did so I have never not really wanted that. Um, but I don't think I really knew what the path was at first. You know, um, I'm not quite first generation, but um, I'm definitely the first generation doing science or engineering or fit, like, how do I put it? A few people in my family have university degrees that they earned as mature students in non-technical fields, which is wonderful. So, but I was the first person kind of doing it the, I guess, traditional way in terms of like going when I was 18 to school and doing the four-year program and blah, 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 blah. So I didn't know a whole lot about what the path was or what I should be doing to strategically get myself set up for this. Um, but luckily I did do a co-op in high school with a, a researcher at McMaster and he was doing his PhD at the time. And he was a wonderful mentor to me. And it was through him that I learned a lot about, you know, like what, what is the route? You know, it's like undergraduate, master's, PhD. You know, I would not even have known that really like before. And so, and just seeing what he did every day and kind of how his days were structured and what he got to do, going to conferences, presenting his work, meeting all sorts of people, doing the teaching, doing the mentoring. And that was, I think, you know, that was very formative for me. And I was like, I think I, I like this and I think I could do it well, um, but it was a long road. So that was uh, when I was, I guess, probably 18, I was working with him and I'm a bit older now. So uh, I did my undergrad, did my master's, worked for a bit. Um, then I moved to Toronto to do my PhD at the University of Toronto. It took a few years to do that. Then I went back to Halifax and Dalhousie and I did a postdoc there. Um, and then I started putting in applications for professorship, professorships. And um, 
I had two interviews and York was one of them and I got the job, which was wonderful. So that's, that's basically the path. Um, just that slight detour for working, but I actually think that that really helped me um, center myself. And I think it, I hope it makes me, I don't know, maybe a better teacher than I would have been without it. Cause I have a better sense of what my students will be doing when they leave the classroom. Mm-hmm. And what would you say is the hardest part of your job currently? Mm, I think multitasking. I've read somewhere that no one's actually good at multitasking. Oh yeah. <laughs> so uh, as a professor, you have a lot of different things you're supposed to do and a lot of demands on your time. Um, and I think, yeah, that's the hardest thing for me is I've gone from really, even at work, like work has similarly, like there's, you often have a number of different projects, but even then I was always able to focus in, you know? Um, and so with my master's, my work, my PhD, my postdoc, I always had a few projects that I could just spend like so much time thinking about. But now as a professor, my job is to come up with the ideas and then help other people do them or like make them, you know, manifest them, right? So that's been a big switch just because it's, you know, it's, it's hard to, to do things to my own standards when I am always moving from one thing to the next. Um, but, you know, I've gotten better at it or just not gotten as emotional about not meeting my standards. It's, it's helped, you know. Oh, yeah. And I think the same can be said for, you know, students, especially. Um, I know, like, I've also struggled with um, just like professionistic tendencies when, um, you know, you have so many classes that you have to do work for and um, you simply just have to get the work done. It's like nearly impossible to really like complete everything like to a T to your standards. Um, The important part is like having the core lesson learned. the thing oh. with grad school, though, is that you can be a perfectionist, and so it, it oh, takes consistency really? and just, uh, I mean, for better or for worse, I loved being in graduate school, but at the same time, I think that uh, if, if that's your tendency, watch it. Oh. <laughs> I mean, uh, tell us about it. I actually, I, I don't know much about grad school and how different is it than like a, an undergrad that someone would do? Well, there are some things that are similar, like obviously you're in a similar environment um, and you're still taking courses to some extent, right? Usually, so the way that we structure it at Lassonde, or at least in uh, the civil engineering department, is we encourage everybody to take as many courses as they can at the front end. So they kind of get them out of the way. It also helps you. The courses in grad school tend to be a lot more focused and in-depth. And a lot of times you're taking courses that are very clearly related to your research. So it helps you to do a better job in your research if you do the course first. So for that first year, it probably feels, or from what I recall, it feels fairly similar to undergrad, um, except that they're taking fewer courses and they're a lot more interesting, which is great. Um, and then depending on what kind of work you do, so I've always done lab stuff um, and I love being in the lab. It's, it's really cool to do the hands-on stuff. So um, yeah, basically it's a matter of you work with your supervisor to come up with a project and to come up with hypotheses that you'll test for your project and methods to do it. And then you just, you implement them, you put them into action. And then you get to, you know, you, you analyze your results and you get to talk about them with other people, which um, I'd say has been the biggest, uh, I guess, uh, what do you say, a pro for me of, of being in academia is until recently, obviously, um, mm-hmm. I've gotten to travel so much um, and 
whether that be like within Ontario or, you know, internationally, um, just that opportunity because, you know, to go to these scientific meetings, to go to conferences, and even to go sometimes to job, um, like research sites and stuff, it's really exciting. So um, I, grad school is just, I don't know, it's like very poorly paid, very exciting work. <laughs> um, and also because it's very open, like it's pretty, I guess, loose. Your, t- your time is your own to a lot, large extent. So I find that there tends to be a really amazing opportunity to, to socialize with your peers, to meet the people you are also in grad school with. And um, most of my best friends I met in grad school. I met my partner in grad school, like, and it's, that's not uncommon at all. So I'm not saying like go to grad school to meet your partner, but, but um, it's a really great way to build strong relationships with people who share a lot of your interests. So that's pretty cool. Um, But yeah, that 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 was my experience. Yeah, sorry, I'm just trying to take that in. I think that, um, that's awesome. And I, I guess like I've always just seen like um, the I've seen it from the perspective of like, oh, grad school is so hard because, you know, you're continuing your studies, but like they get so much harder. Um, but I forget, too, that there's like a lot more benefits and I guess like some more freedom in terms of like um, what you get to like work on in a lab and like study like you get to sort of take your knowledge into your own hands um, in the field that you like versus, you know, undergrad. Um, and like any you know major that you study they give you a very like broad sort of understanding of it when you study an undergrad program um oh another thing i wanted to ask what's your favorite part about being a professor though mm, yeah so i'm putting together a course right now about drinking water treatment and uh, it's going to be a couple of years before i can teach it at the undergrad level because of the way that things are structured with our accreditation and everything um, but i'm pretty excited about that we don't have a course about specifically about drinking water treatment at Lausanne at the undergraduate level, so, or at the graduate level, actually. So um, I'm really excited to do that. I think it's um, a really cool field that, I mean, you could still do drinking water treatment as a civil engineer without having taken a course in it, but it's, it's a nice specialty, and I think I'm pretty stoked about getting that together. Um, yeah, I don't know. I have more fun with Eng 1102 than I thought I would, so um, should be good It's a good year. course. It's a fun course, yeah. It's yeah, it is fun course. It's nice to get to meet everybody in first year too, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah, I mean, like for our audience that probably doesn't understand what Eng eleven oh two as a course code would be. Um, do you want to like describe? I guess like very high level, like what that course is for. Um, it's first year students, right? Yeah, so the first year of, of your time at Lassonde, uh, most of the courses you'll take are, they're kind of like science courses in a way. Like, so you're taking, you know, various math courses, science courses, um, but there are, there's like almost, a, well, not almost, it is the introduction to engineering fundamentals and the engineering design process. So that starts in the first semester and goes into the second semester. I've been involved in the second semester one that is explicitly about the engineering design process. So we bring you through the process, basically, how do we think of problems? How do we start to work out what potential solutions to those problems might be? And then how do we actually implement those solutions? And there are a couple of neat things about the course, but the I guess the most important thing is that we do have a project that goes from the beginning of the semester to the end of the semester. And it's a little team project. And 
basically your, this year we centered it around the UN SDGs, so the UN Sustainability Goals, and each team had their, an SDG that they were focused on. They had to come up with a problem and solutions to that problem and a plan for implementation of that solution um, over the course of semester. So we had a couple check-ins. It was a phased project. Um, I read the review, like um, the, we asked everybody to do a reflection at the end. So I, that's the, <laughs> the only thing I had to grade is the prof. And uh, it was great. It seems as though it was very popular. So I think that, um, yeah, so that's that course. It's a lot of fun though. Again, it's, it's first year, so it's pretty straightforward stuff and um, lots of opportunities. We were able to build in lots of opportunities to meaningfully connect with people, even though we were online, which I thought was really cool. And in part, that's just because the material of the course lends itself to it. It's very interactive. So that was fun. Um, even thinking back, like when I took it, like as a, as a first year, um, I really like End 1102 also because yeah, all I remember from it is like doing a project and like, hey, it's my first year and I actually get to um, work in a team and um, build something with uh, peers that aren't like necessarily, you know, in the same like computer engineering major as me. Like you do work with people outside your discipline, which obviously comes back in like your fourth year or like your final year when you do capstone. So it's kind of nice, like you sort of do like a mini version of it at the beginning and then you you get like the whole like, full shebang during your final year, which um, is really cool. I really liked it. Um, what else? Uh, oh, I guess like, yeah, there, there's like the teaching side of being a professor, um, but there's also um, your research side. Uh, you did, you know, already touch points on like uh, the research that you do at Lassonde, but um, what would you say is like the most challenging aspect about your research, both in terms of like topics, but also I don't know if there's like other barriers to it. Let's pretend there isn't a pandemic and then I can answer that question. <laughs> um, most of the barriers right now are related to that. So um, the work I do is pretty varied. So I've been really lucky with the groups I've worked with in the past where I've had the opportunity to work with a bunch of different technologies related to drinking water treatment in a number of different kinds of communities. And so um, I... I've been very lucky to not have been pigeonholed. So um, right now there is a bit of a challenge in terms of like settling on a direction, right? But that's a problem that any early professor faces. And um, I guess the rest is just, you know, I think from the outside, it's like, oh, professors teach, that's their job. But then from the inside, it's like, professors write grant proposals, that's your job. So, um, I, I, you know, you have to, apply for funding for almost anything you want to do. So I had to apply for funding to pay my students. I had to play, apply for funding to get the equipment, to get any kind of projects going, all these things. So that's, it's, it's fine, but it is hard. It's a lot of work. Um, oh yeah. It's a lot of work, not just getting, like coming up with the ideas, but then trying to like make them, like develop them enough that you can sell them, but not so much that you end up hiring someone and being like, you must do all of these exact things. Um, so finding that balance is challenging, um, mm -hmm. but, you know, just to be totally fair to Lasan, they actually offer a very nice startup package, which has allowed me to get that going without, you know, they didn't just leave me hanging <laughs> with no funding to get started. So, um, I appreciate the generosity. Um, so I guess we're nearing time here and to wrap it up, um, what's one piece of advice you'd like to 
impart on our audience? There is one thing that I would have done differently, which is um, I decided to like speed way, my way through my undergrad because I didn't want to spend an extra year. I couldn't afford it. I was paying my way through school. So I did my engineering degree in three years and I was just always chock-a-block full of courses and I didn't do as well as I would have liked. In theory, that doesn't matter. The problem is that when you apply for funding as a graduate student, it's much easier to get into grad school and to be paid a reasonable wage in grad school if you have good marks. It's not fair, but it is true. So what I would say to my former self would be like, slow down, like take that fifth year and get the A's, you know, like that's gonna be better for you in the long term than trying to speed through it and not doing as well. Although on a personal level, I don't really care. Like I think someone who doesn't get perfect grades can do a great job in the workplace and in grad school. However, mm -hmm. that's kind of the game we play. And so I could have made it easier on myself, especially in my master's, if I had slowed down and done it a bit differently. Yeah, I mean, thank you. That That's a, <laughs> there's a piece of advice. <laughs> there you go. I'm um, going yeah. to go on this long walk all around about <laughs> my life. And then, oh, actually, there's one thing right there. <laughs> um all of which are good to you know good to hear about um so i guess we're nearing time here and to wrap it up um what we what's like i feel like we already like spoke about this in like the previous question but what's one piece of advice you'd like to impart on our audience um i'll make it all about me in a way because the thing that attracted me to applying to Lassonde was this Renaissance engineer thing. And I know it can be a little cheesy and maybe a little vague, but the idea of trying to mold the entire person as opposed to just being a traditional chock-a-block engineering school was very appealing to me. And that's partly because I have been a part-time musician since I was in high school. And I have always prioritized my music, not over my job or my school, but like, I guess over everything else but that. And it's great. It's great to have a hobby. It's great to have something you do that's that's different, that's not just school. And like, so if you if you can find something that you love that's not that's not school and not your job, because you know school and your job aren't going to love you back. But uh, you know, having something you do that you know lets you relax or give you a creative outlet or as a social outlet like try to try to find something like that and try to enjoy yourself as much as you can you know Definitely. there's no prize for suffering it's uh, <laughs> you might have fun with it it's true yeah there is no prize for um suffering and even like uh throughout like like my own journey as like a student from like uh my first year all the way to like my final year um it, it's been kind of like a journey just trying to like reintegrate like my passions and my hobbies again um because I guess like the perception of engineering is that it's really hard and that you have to like set aside like so much time to just be a student and to just study but um yeah it's like it'll like you know it it won't be like a super fun time if that's all you sort of stick to um instead of like you know also prioritizing like fun things in your life um yeah yeah um and yeah that's that's really it for today folks um thank you so much stephanie for joining us and um for sharing you know your journey uh from like 
starting, you know, civil engineering to becoming a professor and like all the challenges of even just like teaching in the pandemic. Um, we really appreciate your perspective and your stories on this podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. What a great example of engineering for people. Uh, drinking water and wastewater treatment impacts everyone, whether you're living in a major city or in a small, remote, and indigenous community, the latter being the focus of Dr. Stephanie Gora's research. Developing sustainable drinking water solutions relates to the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. One or more of these goals can be the topic of your future project, courses, or research at Lausanne. So you can check them out at https colon double slash sdgs.un.org slash goals. You can stay tuned into our podcast and all Lasan School of Engineering activities by following us on social media. We are at Lasan School on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Visit lasan.yorku.ca slash podcast for your episode guide to This Is Lasan School.